Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. You know, you know you're doing something right when the city commissioners come to your show to shake your hand and tell you, hey, we want this show here in our city every weekend. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Mattson with Motocloak here, and welcome to episode number 32 of the Modern Jeepers Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This episode was originally recorded on Tuesday, August 27th, just after the Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion and before the upcoming Sheriff's Jeep Fest. Then on Wednesday, August 28th, the world learned of the death of Jesse Combs. As a friend of Jesse's, Corey thought it would be a good idea to do a tribute episode to her, which we recorded that afternoon as episode number 31. You can hear Corey fighting back the waterworks while telling his stories about his amazing friend. Needless to say, that delayed the publishing of this episode until this week. So, while the timing of the conversation may be off, Corey and I still had a good time catching up on events, learning about the Chattanooga Choo Choo, how we expect Sheriff's Jeep Fest to go, and sharing just how big Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion has become with this week's guest, Justin Murray, organizer of the event. Justin shares with us how they revised the Dead Club how Open Top fits into their bylaws, what the very first invasion was like, why it seems it's taken on a life of its own, what his first and current Jeep is, why he finally broke down and bought a jail, and what he does in real life with Victorian mansions. And of course, we have our tech tip of the week, all about LEDs. You can find helpful links to many of the things we talk about in this episode in the show notes at ModernJeeperShow.com and make sure to check out ModernJeeperAdventures.com for our growing list of upcoming adventures that you hear us talk about. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 32 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hello, Modern Jeepers. It's another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. It's myself here, Mattson with Metal Cloak, and of course, Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, guys. Hey, Corey. Wow. So it's uh, been another busy, busy, busy week for you. And uh, where are you at right now? Right now, I am on the way to Chattanooga. So I'm going to, uh, we just Chattanooga. Up Chattanooga, Tennessee. Woohoo! Right. Don't they have trains there or something? Yeah, riding the, riding the Chattanooga. Isn't there a song about that? I think so. Something like that. Is that what happens when you're in Nashville and you like can't think of things to write about? You start writing about like Chattanooga. <laughs> Chattanooga, Jake, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, it has been an interesting uh, few days for sure, but I'm on, I'm, uh, I'm heading out of, out of uh, Pigeon Forge, 
just came down heading heading kind of a southwest direction uh chattanooga i'm flying rockstar jeep girl i'm flying jesse home uh back to oklahoma out of chattanooga tomorrow morning oh no she's not going to be at sheriff's with you She's not going to make it down to sheriff. She's got uh, some stuff she needs to take care of back home. So I'm going to lose her for the next couple of events. But uh, then we're not very far out of uh, sheriff's and the kickoff party for that event. Oh, that's cool. So, hey, hey okay, here, here it is. Uh, did I find it? I think I found it. The Chattanooga Choo Choo by the Andrews Sisters. Man, that's going back a little bit. <laughs> Andrew's sisters. Oh no! I don't know. I don't know if we should include that. <laughs> yeah, baby, Chattanooga, Tennessee. We That's have right. music. Although I think I had enough seconds there that I won't have to, like pay a royalty or something on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So so cool. So so unfortunately, Jesse girl, she's going back and uh and but you are on your way to Sheriff's Jeep Fest. But wait, you got an event coming up. Isn't there something tomorrow night? Uh tomorrow night. So tomorrow night is the kickoff party, and we're expecting a ton of people. It's gonna be at Rocco's, which is just outside of of Jasper. Um, you know, last year the kickoff party was we had a ball, and I bet there was I bet there was five hundred people. Last year in the in this wow. pouring down rainstorm, wow. so it's going to so be interesting Rocco's, tomorrow. What is that? Is that like a bar or what? Yeah, I think so. It's um, I kind of uh, tried to. I know I looked up the location and I'm not real. I couldn't remember exactly. Um, it's kind of a if it's a pizza place or something like that. I'll uh, I'll have to look it up here. Yeah, but so out there at Rocco's big kickoff party. So it's a kickoff party specifically for Sheriff's Chief Fest. That's correct. It, it comes up as Rocco's Pub. Um, oh, there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this place. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of people. We'll have the CTI trailer out there. Um, it'll be it'll be busy. It'll be crazy. Um, I think nice. we can try to get there around five o'clock is when it's supposed to start. So, um, yeah, could be wow. could be fun. Cool, cool. Well, that that sounds awesome. So you have the kickoff party, then uh, you off to Sheriff's Street Fest, which yeah, you know, there's been. A little bit of controversy about this event last year. Um, we had to leave early, but you got a call specifically from the sheriff saying, I'm sorry, and we want you back. So um, have you been in contact with them? Are things lining up well? I, I think so. And uh, yes, we've had a lot of people ask, you know, hey, I thought you weren't going to go this year because of how things went last year. And, uh, you know, I've had a, a few conversations with the sheriff um uh through through text and email just in the last couple of days um i'm i'm assuming again i, I probably shouldn't do that but it sounds like things are lined up they they're expecting us anyway this year which is which is a bonus and, and we will be there <laughs> um they know we're coming and hopefully this year traffic can get figured out and you know i we did have some conversations initially about that worst case scenario they were going to put us in this this far field where they park a lot of the trailers and stuff. And uh, I, I voiced my opinion. I said, you know, it's really not, I, I'm not going back there so that we can entertain worst case scenario. That, that really doesn't work. Um, so I hope that they've made some arrangements. I hope that it's better. Um, 
it's a good event and they raise a lot of money for a good cause. And, and I'd like to, to, to go back in there with a positive attitude and, and leave with one as well. So we'll see, you know, I, I, I'm excited about the, the kickoff party. That's always a, a good time. And then, uh, yeah, for the actual event itself, um, uh, you know, this is one of those events too, where a lot of folks go down there for the trail rides, uh, in that area. And, and I totally understand that the vendor show as our listeners know, and the people who have had us at events, including our guests today, they know what kind of traffic that we generate. And, and it's hard. It's hard for these event coordinators to deal with how are we going to get people on and off this trailer that the participants want to be involved in, yet we're, we're not a static display, you know? So it's, it's, it's a juggling match. And, I, and I, we all totally understand how it can be um, an issue. And I, Matson, you and I have had a conversation that, you know, I, I think maybe next year, some of these events, maybe we do involve to where maybe one, if it's a two-day show, maybe the trailer is just a static display one of those days with one of our Jeeps flexed out and we can answer questions and talk to folks. And maybe the second day is when we get them on the trailer, something to that effect where maybe it helps out the coordinators a little bit, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, Definitely some options there. And, and, and yeah, and as you said, you know, and I've seen some pictures and stuff, you know, having golden spike flexed out on that thing, is just ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk with our, our next guests about that, but, um, but yeah, there's definitely some options there to be able to do it. Ultimately the, the challenge though, is like you can have 500 Jeeps show up at an event that all want to do the CTI and you're only going to be able to get so many in and so, and so much amount of time. Right. I mean, it's just right. Right. And many times those hours are not determined by you. Those hours are determined by the event coordinators because they don't want to deal with a line of Jeeps when they're trying to shut things down. Absolutely. You know, for them to, for, for so many places that we go, they have to deal with traffic issues and people, you know, leaving and, and breaking down other vendors and things like that of, of getting in and out of the show and, and how that all coordinates is a huge task. And, um, you know, some of these shows have gotten so ginormous. I mean, I, this, uh, again, uh, Pigeon Forge was over the top. I, I can't, imagine coordinating an event that size that has grown year over year so so extensively i mean so then you've got and you have guys coming in with that need 80 feet of space in full semis with Mm -hmm. cab trucks pulling a 53 foot trailer Um, and that's just been a problem for for coordinators across the area everybody's got everybody and the brother's got a semi truck they want to bring out or they've got a marketing group running around with a semi truck. Uh, you know, that was a problem several years ago at Easter Jeep Safari where they hadn't yet expanded out their area. And, at, you know, we were checking in with them and like, oh, yeah, we're sold out. Well, why are you sold out? Well, we didn't realize that half the guys were bringing semi trucks and all this <laughs> right. space left, right? It's, right. And, and that is, and I can understand it, but at the same time, you got, you know, it may, brings back to one of my favorite little videos that Dennis at Terraflex did. And that was Jeep Beach. Remember that one from several years ago? He's going around and you see semi-truck company, semi-truck company, semi-truck company, semi-truck company, semi-truck. Just goes on and on and on. And then there's Dennis standing under his little 10 by 10. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, that. generating sometimes more traffic than some of these larger operations. But yeah, it is, it is a visual, and I it I understand. But uh, it's a costly visual. 
Absolutely. Well, and then, you know, to, to, to have an event at somewhere like a convention center or things like that, where load in schedules, load out schedules, pulling these large trucks into a indoor arena and then trying to get everybody out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get them out. I mean, it's, it's one thing offered expo, which is coming up the end of September Pomona offered expo. If you haven't attended it, it is definitely a destination event to modern Jeepers. It's uh, you know, we've had guys come from all over the country from Canada just to make it down. Cause it is a destination event. One of the largest concentrations of off-road vendors uh, in the world. Um, and down in Pomona, California this year, it is the end of September. It looks like the 28th, 29th of September. Um, but yeah, you, you know, at least the way they coordinate the exit at that event is, is phenomenal. I mean, everybody's, we're all anxious. We all got our stuff in, but there's no semi trucks inside the buildings, right? It's just the, the 10 by 10s, 10 by 20s, 20 by 20s, ours are 20 by 30 Jeeps and vehicles. And, but when five o'clock hits, they're going, we're all getting the, the doors roll up and we start migrating out like we're usually all packed up by 5 30 ready to leave uh, but they do a great job and it's but it comes down to coordinators like that really really doing it you know um speaking about events we have uh just a reminder to our our, our audience that we have the new first time ever pennsylvania event three parks in three days um i i'm excited about this one i mean it, it's pretty incredible to be able to go out if you've always said modern jeep adventures is about our own selfishness things Corey and right. I do right um we've had a great rubicon event we already talked about we had a great tillamook event we talked about we had a great death valley event we had an amazing moab event and this is the final event of the year this is it this is the last That's chance right. uh for 2000 19 to join us and Corey and I are going to both be there because you know that's just cool we get to hang out that's that, right? where we want to go and yeah. <laughs> I, I mean and I've only been to one of the parks so we're you know AOAA with the which is the anthracite outdoor adventure area um we've got Roush Creek which I've never wheeled at I've spent time oh, at so you haven't done, you haven't done Roush Creek at all no never never oh, wheeled wow. at Roush that's right so that's and the only then, one I have been to Okay, cool. So at least we will have two of these parks that we've already had been to. And then Famous Redding, which I'm actually going to hit after Sheriff's Jeep Fest for the Cole Pit Crusade, uh, another event that supports autism and and, uh, raise some money for that event. But our three parks in three days event will hit every single one of those parks and we'll do some phenomenal wheeling. It's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, out of the events that we've done this year, our adventures, they've all been kind of over the top and i think this will be the nice way to end finish off the year with an event that is as well over the top yeah yeah it'd be so cool to be able to do and we have some cool stuff going on and really i mean thinking about what we're providing it's only 500 dollars per jeep uh yeah. for and it's it, you don't have to have a passenger but we you know obviously it's more fun when you're out there with a passenger it's 400 for each additional passenger but for what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be providing, the food, the meals, all that kind of fun stuff and, and the swag that we get and all that cool things. I think it's going to be a great event. Yeah, so it's yeah. out there, modernjeepadventures.com. You can register now. Uh, there are definitely a few spots uh, still open. And there's a deadline. And I believe our deadline for registration right now is, um, well, it's call it my birthday, September 8th. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my birthday present, everybody. Get registered by September 8th. Yeah, so we got about about a week and a half-ish. Like, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 12 days, to, we'll call it. Because we're only a month and a half out from that event. So deadline to register 
is September 8th. The dates for the event itself, if you haven't checked out ModernCheaperAdventures.com, is October 13th through the 16th. It is a week-time event, which means we have lots of time and space out there. Not a lot of people are going to be hanging out. It's going to be us out there enjoying ourselves on some very different types of trails and three totally different types of parks. That's right. Come on out and join us. So, okay, the big deal, like you, you, you hinted on just a few seconds ago, the big deal is just how amazing the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion was. Now, how many years have you been going to this one now? I... I think at least four. This might have been the fifth. I'm I I don't I don't quite remember, but I know that um you know the I remember being there before the the park the parking lot was resurfaced. Um, I remember there being very very few vendors out front the first time we went in this in this quite large parking area, and. Even back then, the event was great. Just uh, the people that number one, the people who put it on. A little little shout out to one of our guests and and uh, the the folks that I had to deal with who were kind of like, you know, what do you do? And you have this trailer, and how can we figure this out? Everybody was so willing to work with us. And then over the year, well, and let me back up. And the location in Pigeon Forge. The Lacante Center, number one, is an amazing piece of property. It's got this little area called the island, which is an adjoining, I don't know, the, the entire town of Pigeon Forge is kind of like Disney World meets or uh, Universal, um, what am I trying to say, the, the, uh, the, the, the all those parks down in, in Disney World in Florida, the Epcot Center and all that. That's kind of what Pigeon Forge reminds me of. Literally in every block, there's a go-kart track or a dinner show or an arcade or something to do um wow it's well, a pretty I'm, amazing place i'm looking at it now like i just looked it up the first thing i see things top things to do in pigeon forge dollywood splash country titanic museum attraction the island in pigeon ford hatfield mccoy dinner show yeah. I, I had no idea this is this it's, is crazy so it truly is like a a, a tourist destination point Absolutely. It's, it's similar to even like a Las Vegas, yet it's, it's more family oriented and family, family friendly, friendly. So mm. um, yeah, just a, a, a fun place to go. And so the manufacturers, all the vendors, everybody enjoys going to the show, number one, and the people who are attending the event, they can go to the show. And yet there's so many things outside of the event to do that the venue is just fabulous. So wow. Well, that's very cool. That's very cool. So you had all I heard from several people that were helping you. You know, um, uh, let's see, our good buddy Philip was out there from the Medical Coners Club. He was helping you out. Um, who else did you have as part of your team? I had Andrew um, Klaus, who is actually the owner of Maverick, the American flag JK, the red, white, and blue theme. Um, uh, a guy that's uh, part of uh, you know our, our armed forces. He's an, an army guy and uh, huge, huge help. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to get through Friday. I don't think if Andrew hadn't been out there helping Jesse and I, and and then uh, with Philip out there, and I had Curtis out there. Um, it, you know, it was amazing. Like we, I had we, I had some really good people kind of go, "Hey, you're you're buried," and literally we would be three and four people deep all the way around the trailer while I'm still trying to get traffic up onto the trailer. So to be able to answer questions and, and put catalogs in people's hands and have those conversations, those guys were all instrumentally helpful. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like it's a true buyer's show, too. Yeah. I mean, by the end of, well, halfway through Saturday, I w- there were some vendors that were coming out and saying hi. And literally, they were like, yeah, we're out of product. We sold everything we had. We sold everything we brought with us. Um, people were, I mean, walking around literally with dollies through the parking lot with boxes <laughs> and bags. And people came to spend money, for sure. No, that's that's awesome, especially for that region to have that and be able to have that much concentration of of vendors there. And obviously they were making deals and uh, and getting people to to enhance their rigs. That's that's amazing. Yeah, well, I, mean, I had I had a vendor come up and say, you know, maybe we don't go to Daytona now because this show is so big. Now, that's, oh, wow. that's wow. crazy. That's that's a big show down there. So for them to have it have it had that kind of an impact says really good things. You know, there's something to be said about that. You know, there is a constant evolution. We've all seen like Offroad Expo was huge and then it kind of got small and now it's growing against again. Um, you see e- the ebb and flow. TDS, I think it's kind of Teradoso, a great event. Right around its 50th anniversary, it was big. It had a lot going on. But with the number of events coming in, they've actually started. There were less vendors there this year or last year, I should say, um, and at the last event. And so they kind of might be in more of their ebb and, and, and flow. So it is interesting with the events, they get their, they get their, uh, uh, they get their moment. And right. This, this sounds like the moment for our next guest. Uh, tell us about our guest, my friend. You know, this is, again, he's one of those guys that uh, reaches out to me and kind of says, Hey, you know, you good for next year, which I, you know, so many event coordinators become so busy that they, they kind of, I don't know, maybe lose track and, and they get too overwhelmed by everybody at the event. And and this is one of those guys who from from years ago who was kind of like understood what we do and, and how we do it and what our needs were. And, and he also, I think, saw that, hey, it also helps bring people into this event. And uh, it's just nice when I can show up and, and be known and people are like, yep, we, we got you. You know, here's what we're going to do. And we'll, and, and of course, I'm also, we are pretty flexible as, as modern Jeepers. We have to be, and I'm, I'm okay. Like if we need to move a couple of times to figure it out, if there's a new plan kind of thing, I'm good with that. But no, Justin Murray has, has been the guy, he's been my contact guy for this event for a number of years and does such a good job. And uh, yeah, welcome, Justin. Thanks, guys. Justin, welcome to the Modern Jeeper Show. Um, you know, you and I had, haven't had a chance Thanks to meet. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. I haven't had a chance to meet, but I've heard nothing but good things about you. We love having great people on the show. And obviously, from what everybody has said about this last year, your event you just put on just a few days ago, which means you must be exhausted, uh, you've done an incredible job. Thank you. Yes, I've got nothing but good response so far. So, so tell us, let's, let's just kind of go back in the bean. How did this get started? Um, you know, what, what club, or is this a club focused event, a club created event? Tell us about the club and, and, and how you got started doing this event. Okay. So the club is Smoky Mountain Jeep Club. And it's, it's actually a quite old club from the sixties. And uh, it kind of faded out in the late seventies during the gas crisis and uh, just basically died. Oh, wow. And then 2012, uh, a group of us revived it and brought it back. And then with this this big idea, hey, how, how about we have these uh, couple clubs just meet up up there in Townsend behind the, what was called, used to be called uh, Jeepism. And so we had a little field out back, 
and we had about 300 Jeeps, and we're like, yeah, this is this is great, you know, let's, let's do this again. So at that time, that was the fall, and then uh, in, the, in the summertime, the island was building a new parking lot. And uh, they offered, hey, why don't you why don't you use this parking lot? We haven't opened it up yet. Have your Jeep show here. We're like, yeah, of course, let's do it. So we did that in August. And, of course, it was a blowout. We had about 800 Jeeps. You know, we basically tripled what we did the first time. And across the parking lot, you know, on the very far side, was this convention center. And we're all just looking at it like, man, it would be nice to be inside that thing during August in the AC and do this show. And so, lo and behold, we did it there, and it just it has just grown and doubled in size, and it's become a monster of a show. So, what was the first year? 2012. 2012 was the first year, and then, um, so did you when you when you first did it, and just had you know 300 jeeps come together. Uh, was there any vendors involved? Any sponsors? It was just a bunch of guys getting together and having fun. Yeah, it was just a big cruise in. We didn't, we didn't have any vendors. Uh, okay. I guess you call Jeepism as a vendor because they had their shop there. So right. Yeah, we had probably one vendor there. Yeah. So Jeepism—that's a build shop up there. It was. It's it's, it's been uh, sold since then. Has it's under a different name. It's oh, okay. called the Cage Cove Jeep Outpost now. Oh, cool. So you do that in 2012. You start putting together. So that wasn't that long ago. But wow, there must have been a real desire. I mean, you, you just you guys filled a void that was pretty cool. Now, I did notice it is it is we call it the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion, but it's actually the Smoky Mountain Jeep Club Invasion, right? Yes, yeah, it is. Yep. So, and w- what was the and idea? So, yeah, we, so we changed that recently. Um, we were talking with Jeep, and they wanted to get us license. So. In order to get us a, uh, a license with Jeep and be official, they want us to kind of modify our name a little bit. Oh, nice. So now it's the now it's a Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion officially. Correct. That's cool. So is, does that mean Jeep yeah. Jeep is actually are Jeep going to be involved now and next year? Are they going to be is, uh, one of the sponsors coming up? I hope so. Uh, I hope to have a serious talk with them soon about that. Uh, for right now, they just got a limited license. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so Corey, you were out there. Um, you said you just saw crowds and crowds and kind of going through. What, what was the attendance this year? We came in on Friday morning. You know, we we dropped the trailer off like Wednesday night, and then load in started on Thursday. Of vendors coming in and setting up. Um, when we came in to 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 start everything Friday morning, <laughs> the the all of the parking lots of the Lacante Center clear over to the island were full at, at it wasn't even nine o'clock in the morning yet. The show didn't even start until I think the doors open at nine. And it it literally there was a line through the parking lot of people waiting to get into the convention center. It, you know, years past, especially on Friday, Friday would had tended to be a little bit slower. Friday, midday. I was hearing stories of people not being able to walk through the convention center because it was a mob. It was just huge. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, Justin, I mean, you're you're putting this event together. Has this just kind of grown out of like on its own accord and just started happening? Or are you guys like been strategically making this event better and better? Yeah, I put a lot of hours and sweat, blood and tears in this event. Um, I put a lot of energy into it for sure. Uh, I travel the country, going to other shows, speaking with other vendors and other companies, and I just really stay on 
from my thumb on top of things. Well, that's that's awesome. So, so we'll go back to the beginning of this thing. So, to that, because you know the way we work and Corey and I work, we're going to jump all over the place. So, just bear with us because we're trying to ask these oh, questions yeah. and stuff. So, so 2012, so 2013, you do it, it gets a bit bigger. So, so you go 800 Jeeps, and you. So, when did you start having your first vendors come in? Tell us, tell us about how that worked. Yeah, so that happened uh, on our second show. We had probably by a handful of uh, some local vendors that came into the into the event when we had the the island, the parking lot, Jeep Invasion. Yeah, we had uh, just yeah like maybe five, and so I mean just they just they were overwhelmed at that at that point. Just those five vendors. I mean they were selling out then, and so the word spread pretty quickly. And then the next year we just tripled the, the vendors, and we just keep doubling the numbers. It's, it's just a monster. It's crazy. That's awesome. And so, how many, Justin? How many you think? Um, how many? How many vendors were there this year? I had a two hundred and three vendors. And I understand there was a uh, waiting list wow. even for vendors to come in. Yeah, we had to reject so many because we were just out of space. I, 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 I couldn't create any more space. I packed them in like sardines outside. I mean, it was just ridiculous. We had ten foot aisles inside the, the main hall. So, I mean, everybody was just shoulder to shoulder inside. Wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty awesome. Congratulations for making a great event. Any, any rough guesstimates um, yet as to what you think attendance looked like? Yeah, we got some preliminary numbers of 23,000 right now total. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. There, I mean, there's events across the country that are jealous right now because trying to get 23,000. And from one of the images, like, I, I, there's a great photo from last year, I think it was from last year, that, that's like a aerial shot with a with a fisheye lens. And you can see the the parking lot full of Jeeps. You can see the, the line of Jeeps to the left, the line of Jeeps to the right, all the parking and stuff. And it looks like, and it's probably true this, that everybody's showing up with their Jeep. I mean, it's not just 23,000 people showing up with a car or truck or whatever. It's like there are Jeeps there. So how many Jeeps do you think you had on the property at any one time? I mean, you know, um, at one time at the parking lot, I can I can guarantee you we had at least four or five thousand at once. On, yeah. Uh, parking lot. Wow. Wow. Just to, just because just because I know the numbers of the parking lots, I know how much they can fill. Right. And the cities are actually right now they're building another parking lot right across the street, and uh, we were able to use half of it, but they're because they're still building it right now, and it's going to hold two thousand spots in it. So that's an additional parking lot that they're building right next to the center right now. Well, and they they have to. I mean, literally the the you know, and again, what was nice too is even the police presence um, on that that backside road there. I mean, you know, they were out there directing traffic, and there was there was a lot of of police out there to help people get around and and i think you know initially people get really frustrated it's like oh great they closed this down i can't make a left turn but the reality of it is i thought the flow went very well whereas in the years past you know you had people parking up on the hillsides and in the grass and and you know that's that's not good yeah the the city of pigeon forge has been really great with us they they love the jeepers here and so that they've been really good about working with us you know, you know you're doing something right when the city commissioners come to your show to shake your hand and tell you, "Hey, we want this show here in our city every weekend." <laughs> you know, absolutely. <laughs> they just, yes. They wow. <laughs> so, do you have attendees? I mean, from I don't know if you do demographic surveys when people register, but how far away are people coming to to make it to 
pigeon forage? So we're doing an economic impact study this year, and then two years ago we did one. And so 80% of our attendees are from out of the state. And they come wow. as far as from Canada, California. We had a guy last year from Germany come to our show. Wow. Wow. Very cool. That's just exciting to me. You know, oh. it's just, it, it's the excitement of, of these opportunities. We've had a few uh, event coordinators, you know, on our, on our show and in talking about them and how they're doing things and the struggles and stuff. And I've been doing events for 25, 30 years, managing them for everything from Brewfest to to blues festivals, to all kinds of stuff. So I know what it takes to put something like this on. And it's just exciting to me when you see this kind of success, you know, this kind of need being fulfilled and, and the hard work. I mean, you, you definitely have put in the hours in. How many people um, in your are, are, are part of the crew? Like when we were talking with Corey Mole for All for Fun, yeah, he, had, he has 200 people helping him put the event on uh, for All for Fun, you, all club members and family of club members what's your crew like justin so i have a, I have a core group um i have of course my business partner kevin carlson uh we're, we're business partners on this whole deal uh his wife helps out and then we have a, our secretary and her husband and another couple uh, couples that uh, basically is our core group and we meet uh, once a month at least to discuss planning the show um, every facet of the show we go through but uh, on on the day of our event, we'll have up to about 200 staff uh, from our club and uh, other just cheap people that cheap fans that want to work the show. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, it's well, I, I know it's pretty cool for me when I can pull into the gate and and Kevin is at the gate or you're at the gate or you're around close by and I mean for them to go, hey Corey, you know you you know where your spots at and I mean for them to have that kind of relationship for you guys to have that kind of relationship with so many vendors and keep it all straight. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, every one of you guys are so important to us, you know, that you guys are a big part of our show and what makes our show great. So we, we want to take care of you guys, you know, well, and that awesome. means a lot. That means a lot to vendors. I mean, it definitely is, is there to be, I, I think sometimes shows get where they've, they're really, you know, it, it, they really hug the vendors and provide a lot of love in the beginning, and then they become dependent, and then it becomes a standard. I mean, there's some shows that shall remain unnamed where, as a vendor, you might feel like like you're almost imposing on them to have your space. And, you know, it, that doesn't feel as great as being able to, like, you've really taken care of, you know, um, come back to Sheriff's Jeep Fest. That's a big deal for us because we, you know, as a company, it's like, yeah, yeah well, don't worry about it, Corey. We'll save some right. money. We'll, you know, we'll go someplace else. And um, that's where we were at last year. And so you, the fact that you're taking that time to really embrace the vendors, really uh, provide them that support and love, they're going to want to come back year after year. Yeah, definitely. It costs a fortune for you guys to come to these shows. You got the, all the traveling, all, I mean, all the the hours. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. It is. It is. And it's, you know, what's cool, too, is even the participants, though, even when a show gets to be this big, like 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 the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion has become, you know what? People were, it was hot. And even when we had that rain and you know what? People had smiles on their faces People were, you know, they got too hot. They'd go back inside where there was air conditioning. They were buying products. They enjoyed the vendors that you brought out. There was nobody going, 
man. I, I never heard anybody say anything negative. You know, some shows it's like, man, where's everybody at? You know, and you hear these, these real derogatory comments. And I, I, for two days, I think everybody was so busy. I think we were all just thrilled. And, and uh, I think the participants had a good time as well. Yeah. That's, that's very cool now. Yeah, I agree. Now, now Justin, from a, you know, Corey talks about how this, the show was, was a buying show that people were there spending money. Is that a, is that a recent evolution or was it kind of always that way from the beginning that the people showing up there were like, were, cause not all shows are that way. I mean, some people go to shows to try to get a deal. Uh, but a lot of times they're just trying to learn. Um, and there's only a few shows, you know, we only go to a couple of shows where we're ready to sell and really only one of them where we, we, we will always sell a lot of product. And that is at um, Offroad Expo. Most of the time when we go, it's just Corey going out with the CTI trailer. But did, has the show always been a buyer focused show? Yes, definitely. From the very first show we had vendors at, it's, they just sold out. And it's just been the trend ever since. And it's it's been a it's been kind of difficult uh, selling vendors on the show in the past when we were first starting out. Like, hey, this is a buying show. They kind of didn't take me seriously until they came. And even when they, <laughs> when they come to my show, they wouldn't bring, they wouldn't bring enough inventory, and they would sell out. I was like, Justin, you should have told me. Like, I, I did tell you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go back into a little more in the history though, because let's talk about this is about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. So. Um, uh, Back in, when did you revitalize the club? 2012. So 2012. So the first year you had an event, you revitalized the club. And were you involved in the club before, or is it just something you kind of stumbled onto? Yeah, I was definitely involved. I was one the, just one of the core group of members. And um, in the beginning, I was just a treasurer and uh, taking care of all the money, of course. And so, in the, but the club itself, it just kind of died. And, and, and so, but... Prior to 2012, were you a member or were there other, or did you guys just kind of stumble upon this looking for a local club? Yeah. I mean, it was completely dead and uh, we were, we were voting on a new name. We wanted to start a new club. We were voting on a new name and we all, we all voted on Smoky Mountain G Club. And then once we voted on that name, we started doing some research on it. And like this was actually once a club here in, in, in Blount County here in Tennessee. And, uh, but it, it fizzled out, it died. So that's why that's why I say we revived it. We was totally dead when we brought it back to life. And what what out there? I know clubs across the country have different kind of missions. And you know, here in California, a lot of times the clubs are are focused on land use. They adopt trails, that sort of thing. Um, in some parts of the country, it's more of a social. Outside of this event, what what really is the focus of the club? I would say our club is. Really, for the beginner jeeper, you know, um, we're we're a very family friendly friendly club. Um, we want to get into the trail and get out. Of course, we realize that a lot of these jeeps are the family vehicle that, that they drive you know, the kids to school every day, and they drive the work into these things every day. So, we're not trying to go out there and tear people's jeeps up or or get get someone hurt. So, we try to do these nice scenic routes. And there's there's tons of them around here in Tennessee, in this East Tennessee region. So it's, it's more of a family-oriented Jeep club. Well, that's cool, man. Well, that's that's perfect for modern Jeepers because that's what modern Jeepers is all about. And is are there is there demographic restrictions like you have to live in the area to be a member? No, not at all. The, the only restriction that we have is that we are a factory open-top only Jeep club. So if the top comes off in the factory, your Jeep is good to go for in our club. And that was the way the <laughs> rules were back in the day with the old club. That's so, cool. So, I like that. So no Grand Cherokees then. <laughs> yeah correct 
<laughs> no, wow. no AMC Eagles or, you know, none of that stuff. So Nice. Nice. That's a cool idea, though, to have that in there. You know, it's it's the open top Jeeps. We've always used that as kind of a phrase at Metal Cloak, like we make parts for open top Jeeps. Uh, I like that. So doing the club. So how many members in the club now? Lord of mercy. I know that we've got like 5,000 registered, but that doesn't mean that 5,000 come to our rides every month. You know, we'll have at least 40 to 60 Jeeps show up for our rides. Nice. So that's, that's kind of give you a, an idea. And it's, it seems like it's always a fresh group of people coming every month. Uh, you know, I just, long, uh, core group. I just got to say, you just said, Lord had mercy. I love that. That's like, you're, you are definitely <laughs> Southern. That's, that's that, is, <laughs> yes. that I, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sitting here, a big old grin on my, my face that I just hear that Lord have mercy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. I'm well, definitely from the South. <laughs> yes, sir. So you were, were you born and raised in Pigeon Forge or were you from? I'm from right, right outside of Pigeon Forge in Maryville, Tennessee. And when you're not doing this, what do you do for a living? I'm a, I'm a property manager. I've, I've managed some properties by the University of Tennessee campus, some old Victorian mansions full of college kids. Oh, uh, wow. I've been restoring those houses and managing those. And, and of course, I've got a, an 87 acre farm and cabin in Maribel. So wow. the, the farm, the, the Victorian mansions, and this Jeep show and the Jeep club, like, they keep me pretty hopping right now. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you're restoring the little mansions. All the, the kids uh, needs they are these aren't like fraternity mansions, or just they're just um, uh, is this where the fraternities are at, or is this just basically just like uh, dorm rooms? They're individual apartments. Uh, like oh, okay. Ten thousand square foot uh, Victorian has ten apartments in, in it, and um, so yeah, some of them are sororities, some are just general uh, students. Oh wow. How cool is that? So, and how old are some of these buildings? Uh, my favorite one was built in 1893. Wow. Can wow. you imagine that, Corey? That's so, <laughs> that you know, you, cool. got, you get out to the West Coast and you just kind of forget about history, right? So I love, I love the East Coast. You know, you get this, you know, these old buildings. Get out here, you have something that's that old. It's probably been torn down, probably redone. I mean, we get out here to old Sacramento, and it's like, oh, cool. And there's Sutter's Fort. Well, that actually was moved. It's not the original location. And, oh, cool, we're old Sacramento, but that's all been rebuilt. And just to look older, it's not really much, uh, many more of the buildings there that were there originally. It's, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, but it's, you get out to the East Coast, and you get this just, this, this so sense of our country's history. Amazing. Absolutely. I mean, so much of the West just we don't have the history. We, we weren't, there was nobody out there. It was, you know, it was Indians and, and, Native Americans, Corey. We're, the Native we're, Americans. That's we're, right. We've got to be politically correct here. That's so right. how did you, how did, how did you get involved in that, Justin? How did you get involved in, in, in restoring these buildings? When I was going to the university of Tennessee, I got an amazing offer from uh, the girlfriend at the time, his grandparents. And they were the owners of the buildings, and they said, you know, we, we need someone here that could, you know, help take, us take care of the place. They were they were getting up in their age, and uh, I needed something. To, I needed somewhere to live with college. It was just three blocks from the, the university, so I, I couldn't say no. Wow! Uh, I took over. That's great. How long ago was that? How many years you been doing this? <laughs> I've been managing the property for ten years. Before that, I just you know helped maintain the place for about five or six years. Uh, so and and if you had it, did you have a Jeep back then? I've had my Jeep since I was seventeen. 
Oh wow! And what was it? What is it? It's a YJ. I've got a 5.3 V8 in it right now. Wow! I have a black YJ. It's a 94. I've had it forever, man. Oh yeah, that's cool. Corey knows that one of my favorite rigs I ever had was my my 93. And uh, I, I love that rig. And I, we had to pretty much sell it because I had to stop driving it and start driving the, the four-door JK everywhere. So it just got neglected. And, and, you know, it's one of our guys here. In fact, one of our machinists um, acquired it. And so we still have access to it. Man, I, I love that YJ. Uh, uh, yeah, such a cool rig. So you got a 5.3 in there now, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> so and, and what else do you have? What else have you done to it? Oh uh, yeah, it's it's two and a half inch lift. I kept it low. It's it's really like a muscle car slash jeep. It's my, my trigger. <laughs> jeep, you know? really, I like that. Not really a rock crawler. Hey, wait, uh, stock fenders on it still, or? Yeah, stock fenders. Got just like some uh, some pocket style fender flares on it. Yeah, it's, it's got the five speed of the hard shifter. Yeah, it's like it's really like a like an old school muscle car. Really. <laughs> we might have to change that, Corey, huh? <laughs> I, think we, I, think, I think I think we might be able to convince Justin to take some fenders, huh? What do you think? Yeah, I bet I bet we'll put some fenders on that Jeep for him. Yeah, I think fenders and rockers, and, <laughs> and, uh, and we got the eight-inch flares if you need the tire coverage. What are the laws like in Tennessee for for Jeep owners? Do you have to have full tire coverage? What mods can you do? How how do they regulate that in Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee is not really strict at all uh, as far <laughs> as like uh, kind of regulations, you know. Uh, the only, only thing you got to worry about is the lights. Like Corey was talking about earlier, you, you don't want to have blue and red flashing lights on your Jeep because you're definitely going to get pulled over for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be in our tech tip. We're going to be talking LEDs, guys. So hang around until we get the tech tip because we got a lot to talk about on LEDs. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, it's so that's cool. So you've had that. It's um, what else have you done to it? Anything else cool? Any other great products you have on it? Uh, you know. I, I've done so much to it. It's hard to sit here and think about it. Um, you know, I've done put some cargo, some you know, some storage stuff to it. Um, what I'm, I'm sitting in right now is my 2019 Rubicon I got right now. Oh, so you right got you, you still got your YJ, but now you got a 20. Ah, okay. So now we got to yeah, talk that. Yeah. So 2019. Got, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so, got Terraflex two and a half inch lift on it. Um, 37. It's got method beat locks on it. Yeah. It's sitting pretty right now. What nice. color is it, Justin? It's the billet silver. Oh, okay, Ooh, cool. I, I like that. I like that. That billet silver is nice. Nice. And I'll forgive you for the Terraflex suspension. That's okay. Terraflex, good people. Dennis is a good guy. And uh, you know, you, you, we we you know we love our, yeah. our friends and partners out there. So yeah, Dennis actually comes to my show, Matson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey was saying he was talking to him a bit. And, uh, oh, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I, look, I said, Corey, Corey I that say, <laughs> it is so hard. And Corey can attest. It's so hard even for me to get out. It's like it's Dennis's job to travel. I think I see him. I see him now once a year. I see him at TDS. And I, I we, we get about 10 minutes of conversation. And then, uh, and that's that. Although last time, yeah, last time I saw him was TDS, but yeah, it's it's so hard. It's like I told Corey this year, like I want to get out and get to more events this year and actually, um, you know, travel some more and, and do these events. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, there's so much to do here. Um, and so I got to send other people. But like next week, we're sending John out to uh, Sheriff's Chief Fest. But 
I have already gotten, I've already talked to the guys and said next year we're going to have to send a sales team. What yep. that means, that means, I don't know. I don't know if we'll do a vendor booth like at the, um, uh, at the trailer itself and uh, do a combination like we've done before, but one way or the other, we will have uh, greater representation at your event next year. Now let's, let's, we need to talk about like this because there's not going to get to be one group that gets to be in the air conditioned while I'm outside. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I will, I'll let them know. <laughs> you know that's, the other thing that's really cool about what Justin does too, is I've already seen dates for his show for the next, what, three years. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, are up. How easy is that? I mean, that's I, like, you, you never see that. It's like, we're actually dealing with an issue with our Death Valley trip because the date we originally saw for TDS, which we try to work Death Valley around, um, when it went public was different than what we saw earlier in the year, you know? And so, you know, it's that it, it, sometimes it is. And from a standpoint of the modern Jeeper calendar, which by the way, if you're a modern Jeeper and you're a member of the club, um, let us know because we start putting together the modern Jeeper calendar. Now it's, it's, I know it's only August, but it gets published by November and has to have as many events as possible next year. And it's a struggle to let to, some clubs even come November, do not have dates for their 2020 events. And just, they, they, yeah, they, that's you know, crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, you've got it, but you have three years out. That That's amazing. Now is what, what, nonprofits and what what do you do with this event you know, is what are you raising money for we raise money for the smoky mountain service dogs and those great group of people train these dogs for disabled veterans these guys who fight for our freedom across seas and you know they, they get injured they get i mean they, they get i mean these, these poor guys they, they lose their limbs and whatnot and these great group of people they train these dogs and these dogs take care of these guys like no other i mean it's just something very special and emotional to see wow well god bless you for doing that and it's god bless them they're just yeah you're right there's so many and i've never met a a disabled veteran that didn't have a amazing attitude what was that oh it's the silly door sorry (laughs) we'll cut that out (laughs) I had, I don't know, that might just be the intro. <laughs> they open the door, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so these amazing veterans, I've never just, they, especially when they get involved in Jeep, you know, I've had an opportunity to work with Four Wheel to Heal and some of the other groups and uh, and the late uh, Wheelers for the Wounded here in California and uh, just just amazing people. So, you know, God bless you for, for choosing them. Uh, how much were you, uh, do you know offhand how much you're donating this year? I don't know yet. We we still got some money coming in from our great sponsor, Rugged Ridge, and a couple of our guys. I think actually Corey's got some some absolutely. I've got got turn in. I've got four hundred and twenty dollars for you from people who got up on the trailer. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome, and that's that's something for you know. It's really cool, and I think we need to just start doing more and more, Corey. Everywhere we go, is just is have a donation box and just start collecting. Donations. I don't care if it's a buck or, or you know twenty bucks. Whatever we do, just just we have this tool here and we can help raise money with it. Let's do it. That's right. No, I think that was, um, yeah. I mean, I I and and Justin and I will, will next year we'll we'll 
coordinate a little bit better, but I, I wasn't sure how people were. I had thought, I had thought when people were coming through the gate that uh, they were giving money up at the front gate, and, and then we ended up starting to talk to people, and people were like, no, no, they'd come up to the trailer. and We didn't really realize that that had not been happening until about halfway through the day. So then, you know, we, we, were, we were telling people that they needed to, to donate there at the trailer. And, but, uh, you know, people are so generous, and when – Something like the service dogs, I mean, that's such a, a thing that's near and dear to, to so many people and so important. People people still amaze me, you know. The guy that gives, hey, all I have is five, that's fine. All I have is a, a couple bucks, that's fine. And then you get the people who are, you know, here's 20, here's 30 bucks. And, and it's all of that money goes to such a great use and great cause. I hope the people really do understand that this isn't something that we – you know, it's just money that you give up and it just goes away. This actually gets donated to the right folks. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's great and it, and it feels good to do that too. You know, we did a we did uh, that donation run when we had the hurricane coming through. Um, was it Houston? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, when we did the uh, Harvey relief yeah, tour. Yeah, Harvey relief tour going through and and people were very generous all the way through you know i think we had several thousand dollars ended up being yeah, donated yeah. um to to some of the groups down there and um and that was just incredible and so yeah we got this tool and, and let's just figure out a way to, to to make it work better so we can we can do that i think we talked about this winter probably when we're doing some work on the trailer we'll do a, a donation box or something you can have like right next to the steps and there you way, go and just plop it right into the box and those strong box and um and uh, and that will that will be awesome so overall how much have you donated you think since the beginning uh justin uh they told us that the other day it was, it was over a hundred thousand dollars so far wow wow well that's done. cool that's totally cool so amazing all this yeah. because you're, you're you guys getting together with jeeps that want to have fun yes Definitely, and, it, and you know, for them to train one dog, it costs twenty-two thousand dollars for food and training and all the hours. Wow! They have to put into this dog twenty-two thousand wow. dollars per dog. Wow! I had no idea twenty-two thousand dollars. That's incredible. God. Yeah, that's... I guess I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to put a dollar amount on that. Like, I, I wouldn't know where that would come in at. But and, and that's like pretty much because they're getting them as a puppy and then, up, you know, what it's usually they're about a year old before they start actually doing their their job. I mean, as a, I guess that's the way you put it. I don't know. I've never never I've seen service dogs, but never really been involved in, in how they train them. Yeah, then they're building a new training center right now. I'm not really exactly sure on the timeline of, of the age when they start introducing them to the into the training of the, with the actual service. Uh, but um, I know that, that they have to be fully trained, and it's a whole special ceremony. They call it the passing, the passing of the leash. And passing so, the leash. Uh, wow. It's really an emotional deal. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. bet. So, so back to Jeeps. How many Jeeps have you had, Justin? You had your first one since you were 17 in the YJ, and you still have it. How many have you had? This is this is a uh, only two. This is my second only, one right now. Oh, really? Nice. You waited awesome. all this, all this yeah. time and you bought a bought a JL. So what is okay? So what inspired you to then like break ranks and buy this JL? Uh, it was just time. I mean, the YJ is a great Jeep, 
but you know, it, it's turned into like a race car. I'm always working on it. Uh, I need something <laughs> a little more dependable, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the JL, it's uh, it's an amazing rig. I mean, there's there's you know just just the opportunities we've had around here. Obviously, we got a couple that we we're building on, and we got a, a Gladiator working on now. But man, Jeep really did a phenomenal job with that. Yeah, you know, exactly. I just. I just found out, Corey. By the way, and for you know, we just released our um, our skid plates, right? Right. For all, now we have them for all four possible platforms of the JL, right? So we have them for the two door three point six, the four door three point six, the two door two point and the four door two point Then I get a message from a good buddy of ours, and uh, he sends over the message. Says, "Yeah, in twenty twenty, there's going to be a 3.6 that has the extra, what do they call it? The, whatever the system is for the um, right the battery. And right. then be a 2.0 that doesn't have it. So <laughs> I got to have skid plates now, two door and four. I'm having another four skid plates, uh, two door and four door for the 3.6 with the battery. And then a two door and four door uh, 2.0s without the battery. It's going to be like, Eight skid plates just for the, the the jail, and then who knows what happens when we finally get our diesels? Yeah, um, those will be different, I'm sure. Diesels, and then the potential of the hybrids. I mean, oh my god, it's just like, like it's it's Jeep. Uh, my my comment back was Jeep, keeping engineers employed since 1941. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe That's it should awesome. be keeping engineers scrambling since 1941. Right, right. <laughs> Well, I I just pulled up for our listeners. So uh, if they do not already follow the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Club Invasion Facebook page, uh, future dates for next year's show, August 21st and 22nd in 2020. It's going to be a week later in 2021, August 27th and 28th. And then that same week in August uh, 2022, Wow, I can't believe I'm even talking about 2022, <laughs> August 26th and 27th. I hope I'm still around in 2022. It seems well, like it's so far away. Well, I hope you're still around too, Corey. I mean, it, you know, it, although it is, every, everybody knows, every, anybody who knows me knows that I don't start planning for an event till like at least three weeks before. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like to even think about something in 2022, you know, my wife comes up and says, you know, hey, so what do you, what do you, so, she gives me a date, like, are you going to be free? And I'm like, well, it's like two months out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how am I going to know that? I'm not even thinking about it. I, it's just too far away. And, and and as an event planner, obviously, when I plan events and stuff for three months, you know, six months, I have my entire timeline. I know exactly what I'm doing three months out from the event, two months out, one month out. But when it's like it's an event here at Metal Cloak that I have to be at or give something to, or as Corey knows, you know, hey, I need my gift certificates. Okay, they're being overnighted. Yeah, I need them tomorrow. Okay, I'll open at them. It's like sometimes things get put off, and then it's like, oh yeah, there's an event coming up. <laughs> so the real truth why I don't fly, go out to events is I just never buy my tickets. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, I bought tickets. Oh, that event already happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> that never happens. What are you talking no. about? Uh-uh. No, that wasn't like my fly out to the first time I went did unlimited off road expo in. Uh, uh, in Louisville, in Louisville, and, right? 
Yeah, and I was supposed to fly out at a, a red eye flight, and uh, that the I arrived at the airport at eleven. And thinking my flight was like, you know, or, or in time for an 11 o'clock flight. Turns out my flight was 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh. And so I ended up having to fly. I flew all day. It ended up being like nine hours because uh, I took like a, a 8 or 9 a.m. flight. And nine hours later, arrived um, to the hotel. I was going to say, uh, didn't you? That was the event. You were there for like five or six hours, and then you were flying back. Yeah, home. like basically, I, I flew there, got there for that day. I and as I was in the hotel room, I was looking out, and you guys were just starting the parade, um, <laughs> the big big parade through Louisville and uh, down through to the caves. I think they did the caves. That's right. There. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah, that was that was not uh, not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I did treat myself to first class on the puddle jumper, though. Oh, there Final you go. Puddle jumper from Atlanta over uh, edge. If you've been ever been to Atlanta airport, you know the rocking chairs oh. are amazing. The white, the little white rocking chairs, you get to sit back and rock, looking at all the planes going in and out. <laughs> well, see now you can plan accordingly. August twenty first and twenty second in twenty twenty. Can you even buy tickets that early? Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm pledging right now that barring some other uh, God-related event, um, I will make it out there. I'll be the sales guy there next year. There you go. Uh, just to see this phenomenon. And, uh, yeah, I'll bring my moisture-wicking clothes. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of, it was interesting on, uh, on Wednesday and Thursday when we were setting up the trailer. Literally, like, it, it wasn't even wasn't even that hot really but 10 minutes outside and you are soaking wet wow that's and you were doing that i assume Corey, you were staying fully hydrated that of course uh, rockstar girl was 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 keeping you uh keeping you well yeah much better than of course in ohio where i had that day where i didn't wear a hat and uh um (laughs) you know burned my forehead and part of my brain but um no, I, yeah. I was better. This show was much better, um, you know, as far as staying hydrated. And then the afternoon shower on Friday, which was pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, there were some vendors that, that had a, a few issues with easy ups and things like that. And But, um, you know, it, it um, I don't know. I, I think if you plan accordingly and we are fortunate enough to have a number of people standing around to to, to kick wash or to kick water out of the easy ups and things like that. And, and we put everything underneath the tent you could see the rain coming. So, um, you know, it wasn't that terrible, but, uh, it definitely made everybody go inside for a little bit. So that was probably good for the vendors inside. Yeah. So, and, well, and it, that it, was it, did a, it just, go ahead, Justin. Yeah. That was the first time we've ever had rain at that event ever. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, in years past, we'd never had, you know, it'd be up in the mountains or around us or something, but we never, it would never rain in the actual parking lot. And in fact, I mean, it's been so hot there in years past. I remember when they just had the parking lot resurfaced and I felt so bad because we sunk the, the CTI trailer jacks into their brand new asphalt about five and a half inches. Um, and oh, we left and there were just literally holes out there. And I'm like, oops, you know, I <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. That, oh, that's, I feel bad about that. The asphalt was a little soft. Oh gosh. And I don't well, know if it was uh, new asphalt. I think it might've just been that hot that it was just 
<laughs> it was, <laughs> was recooking it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought about. It does happen. It does happen. You see that, you know, we you can get out there and you see the asphalt just gets sticky and and uh and yeah, that's a good yeah. so well, you know, Justin, it's incredible. And uh, you you've been a Jeeper obviously all your adult life. You've you've built up this club again. Uh you created an amazing event and it truly is in modern cheaper fashion that you've you have with you and your club members really impacted the world of jeeping and in a positive way and that that's just very very cool yeah we, we have a true sense of uh jeep passion i've been involved with jeep since i was a kid my, my grandfather had a cj5 the with the v6 and he lived in McMinnville, tennessee and would take me through all these nurseries and just raising hell in his jeep and i, I was hooked ever since so I, i've been a true jeep fan since, uh, since I was five, basically. And uh, I, I, the people around me share that same passion. And just re- we've really been able to put that passion to work. Well, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. And we really appreciate you sharing the stories about the, the event and the club with us. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around, we're going to be talking about our tech tip of the week, which, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's all about LEDs. Right, Corey? Yeah. You know, we, um, again, this isn't something that... Uh, comes up very often but uh you know with the light markets being the way they are and and uh, everybody running additional lights and i i'm still amazed by the the folks who are are purchasing brand new fifty thousand dollar rigs and and uh putting new headlights in them uh i I'm, <laughs> I'm you know i'm i'm a little i don't know that's just uh, maybe not my thing but apparently people are doing it and um, there's a lot of issues, you know, LEDs for systems that aren't able to to deal with the reduced wattages and voltages and all those kind of things can wreak havoc on some of these new Jeeps. That's right. I mean, it, whether it's and it's it's not new. The idea that like in TJs, TJs are, are you know, it's very popular. You change fenders, you end up taking off the side marker lights that happen to be in the fender stock fenders and you add LEDs. Right. And if you have, no matter what year it is, all of a sudden you you go through and you chop these off and you add your LEDs in and you start having your flashers go fast. And it's like, it's just that classic. You see it all the time in cars. You drive around, you see some car that's been modified and hot, hot rotted or whatever. And the LEDs are going fast. Well, for those that know, you know what that is. But for you don't, a lot of times the resistor, the resistance in the system is actually built into having the bulb the stock bulb there, especially with the older rigs. And when you take that bulb out or you the bulb burns out, the system goes, hey, there's no resistance there anymore. I'm going to go fast and let you know that I have a burned out bulb. And right. it's just built the system. And it was true in there. It's true in, in most rigs. They use that resistance as a way of telling you, hey, you got a burned out bulb. Now you go and put a, a, a different flasher in there. Like we have an aftermarket flasher we sell for the 01 to 06 TJs pops in there. Some guys have made mods to flashers for the previous, and I even think there are some flashers available for the previous years, um, and that corrects that. It just makes it um, so that the the rig, the system is not looking at that burned out bulb as being the possibility, and so you don't get the flash fast flashing. But the problem we have these days with these computerized rigs like the JL, like the one you have, Justin, is you start changing that, you start putting in LEDs, and the JL is so sensitive, it has, whether you have the halogen package or you have the LED package, it reacts differently to an LED modification. 
And so you end up having different issues and a light comes up on the board about lights and some Jeep owners don't care. It's like, Hey, I've had Jeeps for years. It's just another light on the dash. I don't care about it. But when you're spending $55,000 on a Jeep, you maybe you don't want to have anything light up on the dash. So there are lots of little issues that you're, you are physically changing your vehicle when you start going and changing your fenders and changing your LEDs and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny to think about, um, I, I don't know why this came into my mind of, you know, think about the, the how popular light bars are now and, and all of the LED lights. If LED didn't exist, can you imagine some of these 50-inch light bars running the same wattage draws off of <laughs> regular like, Well, you're going to need three batteries and two alternators because you've added... 75 lights to the top of your jeep that are all pulling you know 10 watts a piece or better you know i mean um you know and that that is that is a very true point you look back go look at the old you know kc highlights i mean you you, right when you had a truck that had four kc highlights on the bar those were like full-on halogen bulbs right uh that's right super, super bright and you know, now KC highlights, I mean, I still like KC highlights. They're very, very cool. And, and you get five or six of them up there, but now they're like modified, you know, high-end LEDs. And people should know what an LED is. An LED is light-emitting diode. It is literally just a circuit on a circuit board. Um, and so when you see a big LED bar, you have a circuit board literally within that bar with these little diodes put on there that are emitting it. Now, it happens to be that they've gotten so good in technology that these diodes can be um, pro projecting incredible amount of light with the proper focus and the proper uh, uh, right the know, optics the optics and the reflections on it you get these whether it's like Baja Designs our friends over at Baja Designs part of the best top group um, they you know they call themselves the doctors of light and they they go in there and they've done such a great job of producing these these light bars that. You probably understand this better than I do, but they say basically you're, you're producing light bars that produce light faster than the cars can drive, especially when you're dealing with racing, which is a unique concept. Absolutely. So a lot of these, a lot of the race car drivers, especially, you know, you talk about out driving your lights. So um, at high speeds, you know, when we're driving around town and we use our regular headlights and that kind of thing, we're, we're not typically going 90 hundred miles an hour. Maybe some of you out there are, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, typically we're not going to out drive our headlights where, so a lot of these, these newer designs, especially in the, the high end led market, you know, they, they have literally, um, I, I was with Baja designs engineers out at area BFE a couple of years ago. And they had a light that was literally a, a laser hybrid type of beam where, we lit up a telephone pole that was better than a mile away and there was no light loss on the outside of the, of the telephone pole. Literally it was focused so tight that it would just light up the center section of a telephone pole. That's um, incredible. Yeah. It's just, just crazy technologies. And, and over the years, you know, now these, a lot of other manufacturers are getting better at their optics and we're driving these little LEDs harder and harder, um, you know, and I said that, uh, uh, or if think about the, like we were talking about the old KC lights from 55 watts to 110 watt single bulb light, whereas now we're using 
three and five watt LEDs, but of course we can put 70 in them, 70 of those little LEDs in a bar, each with their own separate little lens to provide some kind of focus. And that's where these combo LED light bars and things like that come into play. Whereas now we can have not only a driving light down the center, but we can have some floodlights out to the sides. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, these are, these are in addition to uh, the lights that the regular Jeeps are running. So going back to where we get these, uh, you know, check engine lights and things like that on the warning sensors, um, you know, this is uh, outside of that. But a common issue that I saw in the forums and, and on Facebook before this event in Pigeon Forge were guys running colored LEDs. And that's the thing now too, right? So now we can color match. Are you match. talking about color LEDs, like, like color LED headlights? Oh yeah, so you can have the rings, the halos that are around your right, lights. Okay, right. Display different colors, and I mean, all like of our those buddies things. at HID projectors and how they've they you right. have all the different possible colors. To, to, okay, absolutely, and even for a rock lights, the guys that run all the lights underneath their jeeps, um, they're not not even necessarily using them as a rock light, more of a just a design and and kind That's of a. Right. The, color matching it looks cool kind of thing right. um but guys are running red and blue lights well the 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 law enforcement uh, world says no absolutely not and pigeon forge the police were very um not a, i won't say aggressive but i know that they were pulling some folks over going hey look and you know for me it's kind of odd because i i wouldn't consider really running rock lights when i'm driving down the road um they're mm -hmm. for rocks or right. off-road right. and most lights are for off-road use only but I, I get it it's evolving i mean we've seen little sports cars guys running different colored halo lights and things mm -hmm. like that um what? but for the jeep community you know red and blue turn them off when you're on the road well isn't there some companies like i've seen and there's some companies that make like rings for your wheels that light up and so that you absolutely like, yeah, rings stuff as you're going down the road they light up different colors and you all bet. that stuff's cool at night when you're cruising but it's you know and it might make make it fun but you know it doesn't necessarily make you a better rock crawler but then again it's modern jeeper world you know and in modern jeeper we're not all about rock crawling we're about anybody who owns a jeep no matter what they plan on doing with it that's right um, so just, you know it, it's also true with the JL like you know Justin you have your 2019 um, with the uh, the JL it has the accessory box with the JKs our buddies at S Pod you know they made it real easy to adapt light bars and two different kind of lights on your rig um, by just plugging into their system and then the JL included some of those auxiliary switches Justin have you utilized any of that have you put any light bars on and used the the, the stock auxiliary switches I do have the the stock auxiliary switches but I haven't added anything yet. Um I've only had the Jeep for about 2 months now. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha, so it's one, gotcha. one step at a time. Uh well do you plan on it? What do you plan on putting on there? Yeah, I'll throw some lights on here. Not not too much. I, I really don't want to go all out light show, you know. I just I just really want some stuff for the for the trail. That's cool. Does it does it have the LEDs? It do, it does have the LED group. Nice. So that yeah, which means you can get the Taser. You know, our, our buddies over at, that have the Taser. What's the name of the company that actually produces the Taser? I just just blanked on that. I'll have to look that up. But the, that'll be on our show notes. But the Taser is cool because of all the things it can do for you. I think the coolest function is you actually can turn on the Jeep Light Show. 
<laughs> you can actually oh, right. with the LEDs and have it do a full-on light show for you, which is pretty cool. Isn't Why that you, uh, it's Z Automotive, isn't it? Z, yeah, there you go, Z Automotive, and yes, uh, yes exactly. And but you can also, for those of you out here, and back to our tech tip, for those of you who are doing aftermarket LEDs or aftermarket stuff and do have it, the Taser can also help you program the problems out so that you can deal with that and not have it. If that light is bugging you, you can use the Taser to get rid of it. Yeah, and see, I know it's modern Jeeper and, and we support that. I'm still so old school. I feel it makes me just feel old. Like I we've got to buy products so that we can make our lights work. And I'm thinking, well, on you know the TJ days, the LJ days, and of course before that, we could throw anything on there. We wouldn't get any codes. <laughs> it's all computers now, man. That's all. Like, that's I'm like, I don't even know. I'll have to talk to our buddies at Jeep to find out because I know when I bought my Chrysler minivan, it's like 1,600 computers or something throughout that thing. It's crazy. Crazy. I wonder, I wonder how many computers are actually in the JL. And, you oh. know, and, and, it, and you've got to imagine you're know, building this, this rig and with all the possibilities. It's a Jeep designed to be a jeep right so these 600 computers or whatever's in there they have to be pretty durable i mean you, you have to be able to handle the the environments that uh which is the amazing thing to me you're putting in a bunch of uh, a minivan that's one thing the worst is going to happen is i hit a curb too hard or it, you know i go through a big puddle out but when you're going out to and taking a rig like the jl uh, you know we took the gladiator through the rubicon uh last weekend and it, it, when you're doing that, the potential of something going wrong is incredible. Well, think about where we were. Remember when the JKs first came out, we thought, oh, what, how are we going to off-road these things? That's never going to work. That's going to be a big old fail. Mm -hmm. And so think about, you know, maybe five, six years down the road when people have had their JLs now for a long time and they're really starting to modify them and bead on them and It'll be interesting to see how the, all the electronics deal with them over, you know, long periods of hard abuse. That's right. That's right. Well, to summarize our tech tip, uh, one, be aware of colored lights that the jurisdictions around don't necessarily like them. I remember being in the in the uh, in the Navy and having a brochure that was actually passed out on all the bases that basically said, yes, it is illegal because the bases made it illegal to have blue LEDs. Um, on the road. And that was just the bluish, like not even the straight blue, like, you know how some LEDs have a blue tint to them? Yeah, that blue, yeah, just the different Kelvin uh, yeah, color. Yeah, exactly. That was illegal on base. Um, and it was, I think it was a carryover to what problems they had maybe uh, in civilian side, but it was, it was, it's been that way for a long time. So colored LEDs, that's a problem. Pay attention, guys. Installing LEDs, you are making a change to your vehicle. Even if you have the LED package and you do some little different changes with LEDs, you're still making a change. And so just be aware of that and aware of what challenges it may bring. A lot right. of companies like Metal Cloak are coming out with better ways of doing it and, and having uh, methodologies to allow for you to be able to be much more custom programmed with your rig and customize to your rig, no matter what model it is, no matter what uh, package you have, but just be aware of that. No matter what you're doing, the moment you're making those changes, there's a change down the road that you're going to have to make as well. There's a, that's right. It, what, what is it? Newton's law, you know, for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And of course, uh, yeah. So that, that does anything you want to wrap up with on the LEDs? 
No, I think that, I mean, you know, people just um, be aware, be, be conscious about when you're running them. Uh, we still see a lot of guys running up and down the road in the middle of the daytime with a light bar on. Um, I'm not sure that they <laughs> just don't know that it's on or, you know what, even in the daytime, uh, that's not so fun to be in front of somebody that's doing that. So Yeah, and it's probably illegal as well. Oh, and by the way, if you happen to have a light bar in the rear of your vehicle, don't turn it on when you're driving. I was following yeah, a guy, and I don't think he knew it was on, and it was ah. like blinded by this five-inch or six-inch light bar that he just had probably just so he could see where he's going when he's backing up and, and just, like, really. And it, it, that <laughs> brings up a funny story, though, because we were at uh, – at it was the King of the Ambers. It was the um, the the Reno um, up Wild West Motorsports show. It's their, it was their championship event. I think it was the first year that we sponsored it. Uh, the championship race the series there. And I saw some of our guys in a vehicle, like I knew that it was them. They were in one of our Jeeps and they were at a, a street corner and I was coming off the freeway. And I just out of fun, I turned on our light bar, flipped the switch, turned on the light bar for a, two seconds at them and flipped it off only to notice that right behind them was a police officer. Don't <laughs> do that. I got very lucky because the cop probably just ignored it. Cause you figured it was just a mistake, but don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> That'd not, be bad. That is bad. That's bad. Juju. Bad juju. Uh, LED is good. Uh, turning a monitor in the day. Bad. Right. Well, it, it's been another great episode of the modern Jeeper show. I can't believe like time went by really fast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As always had a great conversation, Justin, thank you again so much for joining us and sharing some insights on this event. I've, as I pledged, uh, I will be out there next year and see it firsthand. Anything you need, please, please feel free to reach out to Metal Cloak um, or out to Corey, and we're happy to help. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was truly our pleasure, and thanks for sharing uh, the insight and inspiring others and other clubs across the country to to uh to keep working on their events and and uh, make them bigger and better well Corey, anything else you want to add before we wrap up this great episode no sir i think we're good we uh you know we have the uh kickoff party for for jeep fest uh starting tomorrow afternoon at rocco's pub uh outside of jasper so uh see us there see us at jeep fest and and uh, other than that just keep hitting events <laughs> keep hitting events sounds good and uh for all of our modern Jeepers, you can reach out to Corey at MetalCloak.com, Matson at MetalCloak.com. You can find us on Facebook and as well as Modern Jeeper Facebook page. Of course, there's ModernJeeper.com where we have all kinds of great articles popping up every day. ModernJeeperForum.com where we like to get you involved with the questions and answers. Modern Jeeper Adventures uh, with upcoming events on the East Coast as well as Death Valley next year. And of course, as always... My friends, we will see you on the rocks. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.